This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 345, Comic Reviews for the week of Wednesday, February the 3rd. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Chapman. This is episode 345, and it's our Comic Reviews episode for the re- releases from the week of Wednesday, February the 3rd. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Uh, my apologies, this episode is a little bit later than normal. We like to get these out before the following week's comics are already out, but alas, that did not happen this time around. Um, you can blame February, you can blame winter, you can blame the common cold, and you can blame sickness. All these things are true uh, in spades and and there why this episode is a little bit delayed uh, from what I would prefer. Uh, but let's just jump right into talking about comics. Actually, before we do, let's quickly say that if you'd like to email me, you can do so at comicshenanigans at gmail.com. You can like the show on Facebook, read and review us on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes, and also listen to us on Stitcher. Upcoming episodes over the next three months, we have tons of exciting guests. We have Dennis Hopeless, Christos Gage, Jerry Conway, Jam Demetrius, and The Big Fish. Tom Brevoort's going to be on the show. I'm super excited about this. We're still working on scheduling, but uh, this should be happening in the next couple months, hopefully, and uh, I think that'll be definitely something to tune in for. It might not be a long episode, but it'll be a, an exciting one to talk with uh, you know, someone who's definitely had, plays a big part in the editorial direction of Marvel Comics right now. We've talked to people who've been editor-in-chief in the past, like Tom DeFalco, um, obviously Jerry Conway, uh, who we're going to be speaking with in the next couple months. He's been an editor-in-chief of Marvel, but to talk with someone who's been right up, uh, sitting up in the upper echelons of Marvel and uh, really directing where things have been going in the comics for the last like 10, 15 years, that's going to be an exciting interview. So uh, that'll be coming up at some point in the next few months. But without further ado, let's talk comics. Uh, so first up this week, um, actually, I'm going, to, I'm going to switch things up a little. Uh, this time around, I'm going to, first I'm going to tell you some of the things I did not have a chance to read, so you can wonder, what did he read this week? Um, so some of the highlighted comics I did not get a chance to get around to, because I've been sick and etc., and all the fun things about Canadian winters, even when they're more mild than normal, I appreciate that it's been a more mild winter than normal, but that doesn't mean it's still not a winter. Um, some of the comics I did not get a chance to read yet include Barbed Wire number 8, Action Comics, Comics, Batgirl, Batman and Robin Eternal, uh, new issues of Green Lantern, although I read part of it and I really wasn't impressed. Uh, sw- second issue of Swamp Thing. I really dug the first issue by Len Wein, so I'm excited to read the second issue. Uh, we are Robin, Donald Duck, Uncle Scrooge, Walt Disney Comics and Stories, uh, Captain America and Sam Wilson. You know, actually, I think I, I don't know if I finished it, but I did read part of it, and I definitely was enjoying it, although it did bug me a little bit that Sam Wilson himself seemed to do almost nothing in the, in the, from what I'd read. Uh, Captain Marvel number two, Contest of Champions number two, uh, sorry, number five, I should say. I can't believe it's already on issue number five. Uh, Deadpool, Mercs for Money, number one. Doctor Strange, number five. Guardians of Infinity, number three. Howard the Duck, number four. Obi-Wan and Anakin, number two. Ro- Rac- uh, Rocket Raccoon and Groot, number two. And Scarlet Witch, number three. So let's talk about what I did get a chance to read. Uh, so I did get a chance to read A-Force, number two. And I gotta say, I'm digging it. Um, I like that they're making this a very clear tie-in to what happened uh, previously in the A-Force book during Sega Wars. Uh, they're not forgetting that that it happened. In fact, it's actually instrumental in the Singularity character's origin, and the fact that she kind of brings this team together because of these characters that she knew in a different reality, and now they're very different, and she's very confused by this, and it makes the book very endearing, very charming, uh, to see it kind of through Singularity's eyes. 
It's written by Kelly Thompson and G. Willow Wilson. Artwork by Jorge Molina. And uh, Laura Martin does the color art. And man, her colors sparkle. Especially in Singularity. Um, she really kind of sells the, the, the way the character looks. Um, this was a fun adventure. Kind of seeing these characters who really don't know each other that well and are kind of coming together as a weird kind of loose assemblage, a team because of Singularity. Um, really kind of cool and I like kind of where it ended with what um, uh, Dazzler attacking this this character. Um, very cool, very exciting issue. It's, you know, it feels like there's, you know, so many comics these days feel like they are very much, um, what's the word? Uh, overextended, I can't, decompressed. This f- comic feels like, you know, it's the second issue. It doesn't feel like the second issue in a good way. It feels like we've had so much content, so much happening, that it feels like we've had more issues than that. And that's definitely a plus in my books. Uh, so I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. I think it's a very solid launch so far, and I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Next up is Amazing Spider-Man number 7, written by Dan Slarks. Ah, Don, Dan. Dan Slot, man, my my voice is going. I apologize, and so apparently are my scruples. Uh, it's written by Dan Slot. This is Dark Kingdom Part Two: Opposing Forces. By um, art is by Matteo Bufagni with Marte Garcia on uh, colors. Um, I like the colors because they're very distinct, and they kind of need to be for this. Um, the story itself, not a huge fan. I think that there's they're trying they're trying to jumble a lot going on here, and I appreciate that, but. I feel like the main story, I don't find myself that intrigued by, and I'm not a huge fan of Mr. Negative, and I feel like in here, I feel like I'm even less of a fan. Some stuff is definitely cool. Um, I don't, again, I don't know if I really care that much about Regent, and they kind of, they have him here, and he kind of shows up, um, but I'm, I'm willing to try and give the benefit of the doubt. I am, however, more, much more excited by Harry Osborn being here. I thought that was really exciting, seeing him actually in the book again, but on the whole, I thought it kind of... It didn't quite work for me on the whole. I think it definitely had a lot of functional problems. It was it felt a little bit slow-paced. Uh, not slow-paced. There was too much going on, but at, at the same time, not enough focus on what was actually happening, even though so much was going on. I don't know if that makes any sense, and I do apologize if it seems like an incoherent rambling of a, of a sick Canadian, so I do apologize. Um, we've got next issue, so I'm going to give that a six. Next issue is Batman Europa number four. I felt like this was definitely a step down. The first issue was so good, but it was Jim Lee, and then it, it felt like it really got you in because it was Jim Lee, and then it was just never quite the same. That being said, I do have to say the artwork is by, well, the layouts are by Giuseppe Camincoli. Artwork is by Gerald Perel. Um, I like the art generally. I just found the story ended up being a little bit lackluster. The story is by Matteo Casale and Brian Azzarello, and as it kind of came to a close, I felt like it wasn't quite enough. It felt very simplistic. I thought it felt like a bigger story, a grander story, a much more complex story, and it ended up being just kind of a fight with you know, Joker and Batman and Bane, and I don't know if that was enough for me. In fact, I know it wasn't enough. The artwork was strong, but even the ending was kind of weird. Like, it just... It didn't quite work. Like, the art, for the most part, was successful, not maybe all the time, because sometimes it wasn't quite clear what was happening, um, or got a little too crazy stylized on the Joker, although I think Batman, for the most part, looked great. But the story, I just felt it was very simplistic at the end, and it kind of felt like kind of thudded to a halt. So I'm going to give it a five, and I might be a little bit more generous than maybe I should be. Next up is Detective Comics number 49. This, I really dug. I thought it was great. It looks good. Um... 
I, I shouldn't even be surprised that I enjoy this, though. I mean, it's written by Peter J. Tomasi, definitely one of the most consistently enjoyable um, writers in DC's stable, I think. And it's uh, got artwork by Fernando Persaran, who I believe did uh, Batgirl with Gail Simone. So it looks crisp, uh, fantastic um, action sequences. Even the quieter moments really worked. Um, just a great visual style. The colors are fantastic as well. Uh, I forget who did the color work here, but it really kind of pops. Uh, the colors were by Chris Sotomayor. Oh, I'm not even surprised then that I like the colors. He's got amazing color work. Um, again, Tomasi tells a really, you know, thrilling story. The only thing that didn't quite work is that I was a little confused by the, the layout right at the very end because we have Batman vaulting off of a cab and then the shot of him, I guess, tackling a horse. Like, I wasn't really sure what was really going on. It was a weird spot to kind of end this, the book on. Everything else was quite solid, though. Very enjoyable. Um, a good kind of mystery. Uh, I like that this book definitely feels like it is a detective comic. Especially, I mean, you not more so because Batman's obviously a detective. But Jim Gordon, in a, in a different way, is, is generally a detective. He's, whereas Batman has versions of him that are more of a superhero, more of a... You know, fighter, whereas, you know, Commissioner Gordon is typically a cop and a detective. Um, so it just it feels like it was a really good detective comic. And I continue to enjoy the use of Harvey Bullock in here as well, as well as his conversations and uh, his rapport with this version of uh, Gordon in the New 52. Uh, so I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10. I think it was a very strong issue. Next up is Invincible Iron Man number 6. Um, Overall, I did think this was enjoyable. It's written by Brian Michael Bendis, artwork by Mike Diodato. So really, that is never a bad combination. Um, I just found at times, Diodato's artwork wasn't quite up to the snuff I would have expected. A lot of this issue is about James Rhodes, and I did enjoy that in the direction they kind of were going with that uh, version of the character. Um, Really a little bit worried about the character after what happened at the end. But uh, it was kind of a cool War Machine story, seeing him kind of take the lead and and do... um, I like kind of, you know, interrogating people and kind of doing with some legwork. Like, I thought it was kind of cool. Uh, that that being said, then you also have, you know, Tony and Victor Doom and uh, Tony's new, I guess, girlfriend, if you want to call it that. I just found the art in these sequences um, by um, Didato wasn't quite as on point. I thought his Tony was often shifting in terms of exactly what his face looked like and his facial features and his uh, his facial hair. It didn't quite live up to what I expect of Diodato as an artist because he is such a brilliant artist. Um, there wasn't a lot of Iron Man here. There definitely wasn't anywhere to be seen, any uh, Mary Jane, which I was a little surprised at. Uh, continue to enjoy the focus on Doom, but at the same time, I don't want them to push too hard and, and play these story beats too much. Uh, it definitely felt like a more serious comic, though, even though there is some whimsy in the way that um, Tony's written. Uh, but compared to... The first arc, I definitely felt that Tony was a little less jokey, a little bit more serious. But part of that could have also been the artwork. I think the artwork lended itself to more of a serious tone that maybe I wouldn't have even noticed those um, lighter moments because of how, um, you know, Diodata really grounds it in a very real reality. So, I mean, overall, I'm going to give it a 7.5 out of 10. I think it could have been a little bit, you know, stronger, obviously. Otherwise, it would have been higher than 7.5, but it was still a good read. Uh, next up is uh, Claws number 3. God, I love this book. Um, 9 out of 10, every issue. I'm just, I don't know what it is about 
what this book is doing, but like I'm not a huge Grant Morrison fan, but this book is so enjoyable. Um, it's from Boom Studios, written by Grant Morrison, artwork by Dan Mora. Dan Mora is his artwork here is absolutely gorgeous. He does the colors as well. Um, he just the, the colors, first of all, are just breathtaking. Like there's just so much texture um, that comes alive in the way that the colors are, are on the page, um, the way that Claus kind of. Um, it's almost like communing with nature to try and figure out how to how to do the good work, and the idea that we're kind of leading towards the idea of him uh, using the um, uh, chimneys. I mean, this is a great you know Santa Claus Year One, and it's just it's a lot of fun. Like this book does, it's just it, I don't know what I was expecting. I remember kind of looking at it, I'm like I don't know if I'm going to give that a shot. And I read the first issue, and I was absolutely blown away. Um, I loved it that much. Like I, I, it was just really, really good. Um, and I think a big part of that helps sell that for me is the artwork. Anyways, I'm going to give it a nine out of ten. Next up is Nova number four, which continues to be just a really enjoyable book. Um, definitely, Sean Ryan is uh, ratcheting up the stakes for uh, Sam Alexander. Artwork was by Corey Smith. I'm really enjoying the artistic take on this. Um, the team up between Nova, um, uh, Spider Man. Even reading the right issue? No, yeah, Nova trying to you know team up with uh, Miss Marvel and Spider Man. Although they don't show up in much much of this issue because most of it's just Nova going up against um, Mole Man's son. But definitely interesting dynamics uh, that kind of highlight what Nova's dealing with himself with regards to his family. Um, and then he gets distracted with the fight and ends up you know forgetting to go home and he heads home and he gets there just in time and. Um, or sorry, not in just in time, a little bit too late, which is unfortunate. Um, and kind of what I like about this is that we got these great pages where he gets home. There's not a lot on the page in terms of dialogue, but it's just so much um, illustrated in the artwork. Sam gets home. He looks dejected because he realizes he's late. He let his mom down a little. He goes into his room. He takes off the helmet. He starts changing back into his regular clothes. Just kind of collapses. Realizes he still has schoolwork, and he's just frustrated. And you know, throws everything around his room, having a bit of a temper tantrum, but also just having a lot of difficulties and and trying to challenge all the different things in his in his life. And then you know, him looking at his helmet and just saying that you know it's ruining his life and that he hates it. Um, it felt very real, very honest, and the art was impeccable. It really helped uh, sell the drama of the moment and made it feel not just hyperbole, not just some whiny kid. It felt like this kid has the weight of the world on his shoulders, and he's just not always able to handle it. And with whatever happened to his father, and then potentially letting down his mom and his sister, and then also the issues with Mole Man uh, and trying to be a superhero, trying to do well at school, like it's just proven to be a little much for him and he's just frustrated and it's really taking its toll and I thought it was a, a really frank and honest portrayal of what it is like to be a teen superhero uh, you get all these responsibilities and it doesn't always work out the way you expect um, so I really dug that uh, next up is Spider-Man number one wasn't a huge fan of this. It was okay. Um, this is the you know bringing Miles Morales into the proper Marvel universe. I hated the rendition of uh, Blackheart we got here. Just I don't know what that weird face was on him. Like I just did not like the way that he was written, uh, illustrated here. And I don't know if this is the first time he's been shown that way. If it was he's shown up another time that way, but I just really didn't like the design. Uh, artwork is by Sarah Pacelli. Artwork sorry, and it's written by Brian Michael Bendis. 
Um, definitely, you know, Miles looks different. He's taller. seems more confident. Uh, he's more used to being Spider-Man. Um, this was kind of a ground floor introduction without really explaining how he even works in this continuity, what he remembers, if anything. Uh, but maybe we're not supposed to worry about that stuff yet. They're just trying to kind of sell Miles being around and him being the teen, super, the teen Spider-Man. I guess the, the thing about this is, though, is that we have two other really great teen bucks right now. We've got Nova and we've got Miss Marvel. Plus, to a lot of degrees, we have all new, all different Avengers, which have all, you know, Spider-Man and Miss Marvel Nova in them. So we have three really good teen books, but I feel like this Miles book doesn't quite compare to the other two. It's good, but it doesn't quite have the, the identity yet. And, and that's not necessarily Bendis' fault because he has to restructure but I also feel like he's not restructuring. Like, we have a character who we don't know if he remembers anything from his old universe, but now he's just here. And we're not really being given anything to go on with that. And so it's, it's hard to really connect with who Miles is as a character if we don't really understand where he's been. And as of now, we don't know where he's been. So it's a little bit harder to understand. I'm going to give it a six. Um, uh, I feel like I'm being too rough on it, and our work is pretty good. Uh, I'll give it a seven out of ten. It wasn't my favorite book of the week, but it was far from my least favorite, which at this moment would appear to be Batman Europa, but I don't know, time will tell. Uh, next up is Spidey number three. I have to say, I didn't, wasn't really sure about this book, wasn't sure if I liked it. It's really winning me over with its, its style and panache and its charm. Um, and then it's telling life lessons, like, I don't know, it's just, I'm actually really digging this, I'm more, much more than I would have originally expected. Um... I don't know, maybe I was just too harsh on this before. Like, I feel like I must have been. Like, it's it's actually quite the enjoyable book. And again, I wasn't I wasn't really digging it when it started. And now I'm just like, man, this is a lot of fun. You got artwork by Nick Bradshaw. Um, it's written by Robbie Rodriguez. Sorry, Robbie Thompson, sorry. Um, artwork by Nick Bradshaw. Bradshaw's over-the-top uh, detailed take on characters really works here. I actually am really kind of coming to enjoy his uh, portrayal of Peter Parker specifically. Um, I like how here they don't worry about really giving you a Doc Kirk Connors uh, first story. It's more, this is another Connors story. So we, we get the idea that Connors already exists, and we just kind of jump right into it. And I like that, that we don't need to see origins of everything. We can just kind of have a quick splash page giving us the origin and just jump right into the story. Uh, I like that the whole theme of the issue is balance. We're setting up the, the classic tropes of, you know, Peter selling photos, um, you know, him trying not beating up the bullies even though he could because, you know, he can't give away his identity. And it's just a lot of the building blocks of what make a good Spider-Man story are here, and now they're really coming to the forefront. So I'm actually really digging this. I'm, I read this third issue, and I was like, man, that was really charming. Like, that was got a lot of style and what i like about it too is it's very new reader friendly obviously because it's not set in any specific continuity and if you have a passing familiarity with spider-man it'll kind of give you everything you need to get in but also i think it's new not it's um young reader friendly which we don't always get and i appreciate that and it it doesn't market itself as a younger friendly book which is good because i think sometimes unfortunately they got a stigma as being a book that's too kid friendly and it's not worth adults time which is kind of dumb when you think about it like comics were meant always meant to be you know younger entertainment and then they've become classed up a bit and more sophisticated but they started with kids and it feels so weird that the now the people who grew up with them as kids now don't want them to be for kids which is kind of a weird dichotomy uh so i give that an eight out of ten next up is uncanny avengers um i dug this um it's, it's kind of a, a weird issue but uh, an enjoyable one nonetheless um so this is issue number five 
Uh, so it's still being written by Jerry Dugan. Artwork by Carlos Pacheco in here with inks by Mariano Taibo and Dave Mikas. Um, I like this because it was it was unsus- unexpected. Um, the the fact that they, they now that they know what the true mission is of the team, they're looking for the Red Skull, who still has. Which made me realize I don't even remember how the hell Axis ended because like I I'm just like what um, cables here for a little while, and then he tries to go back to his own time. It doesn't really work out. So I like they're kind of giving a reason why he's still around. We have a, a, a fun interaction with Gambit and Rogue, and then we have the ending, which I did not see coming. Um, I thought it was a nice surprise. And definitely kind of made this issue a much more enjoyable book in retrospect. Um, that being said, it was, it was enjoyable all the way through. It's just the last page, or the last couple pages, when you find a, a reveal of sorts, definitely took me by surprise, added a level of complexity that I wasn't expecting, and made it a you know kind of a, a more surprising and enjoyable book. Not that it wasn't already enjoyable. So I'm going to give that an 8 out of 10. Next up is Uncanny X-Men number 3. Um, really in, am enjoying this. This is written by Colin Bunn, artwork by Greg Land. Um, it just it has a real sense of style, um, great characterization. I like that they're using Shen Zorn, who I never thought we'd actually see again. Um, Greg Land is just his artwork is really working here. Um, there's a lot of uh, um, complexity in the storyline as to what's really going on. Um, but Colin Bunn is really telling an intricate story. I'm really enjoying his continued take on um, Magneto, although he definitely seems like a more badass and ripped Magneto than he necessarily was in his own book. I'm enjoying how Sabretooth is being written here. Like This is actually a surprisingly character-centric book and um, very stylish at the same time. So I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. It was that kind of week where almost everything I read apparently was enjoyable. Last but definitely not least was Vision number 4 which was very good, um, tragic, upsetting. Um, Tom King is just, oh, man, he's just so amazing on this book. Um, for people who are not reading Vision, you're making a mistake. Um, it's really, really good. It's horrific. It's a great horror story. It's a, a fascinating character study of these brand-new characters that already you empathize with. Um, in the world around them. It's, as I said, it's written by Tom King, artwork by Gabriel Hernandez-Walta, colored by Jordi Belair. Um, it's about the vision and his family, and that's. it seems so simple, yet it's so complex. There's so much more going on here. Um, what happens at the end was just oh, horrific and upsetting. And I mean, like I was upset by it. I was like, oh my God, seriously? Like I, I was reading this on the couch um, last night, and my my wife was watching TV, and there's something that happens with you know someone shooting at uh, at Vivian, I believe that's her name, and uh, you know it doesn't or sorry Virginia, someone shoots at Virginia, and as it was happening, I was like no, and then I flipped the page, I was like fuck, like they really did that, like it's really not pulling its punches, um, and that's part of what makes it such an entertaining book, and it's not afraid to go there, and it's. It's really good. It's uh, Again, it's very much a horror-based book, but it's really, really well done. Um, so let's talk about some of the books that are that came out or come out. I'm doing this on the 11th of February, so books came out yesterday. Let's talk about some of the highlights that we'll be talking about in our reviews episode next week. Uh, so some of the highlights include Batman 49, new issue of Batman Superman, uh, new issue of Catwoman by Frank Thierry, new issue of Flash, uh, new issue of New Suicide Squad and Red Hood Arsenal. Um, new issue, finally, of Manhattan Project, somewhere on the stars, number four, which was the last issue in, in sad. New issue of Mickey Mouse. Uh, we've got the new issue of Only All Different Avengers, which I feel like it's really starting to come out at a very fast clip. 
uh, new issue of All New Wolverine, which I'm really digging, All New X-Men number four, which I'm also really digging, and in the next couple months we're going to have Dennis Hopeless, who's the writer of that book, on this show. Uh, we've got Black Knight number four, who, uh, sorry, who is, the book is written by Frank Thierry, who was recently on the show as well. Uh, we've got a new issue of Darth Vader, Deadpool, Miss Marvel, New Avengers, Old Man Logan. Man, what an issue. I can't wait to talk about that. Spider-Man 2099, Totally Awesome Hulk number three, and uh, Ultimates number four, as well as to- uh, Spider-Man and Deadpool number two. So that's stuff coming out uh, this well. They came out yesterday, but we'll be talking about them during next week's review episode. Thanks again for joining us for this Comic Shenanigans podcast, and uh, make sure to, to stay tuned as um, in our upcoming episodes, we're going to have, uh, as I said, some great interviews happening in the next few months, as well as we're going to have a Deadpool movie episode coming out. It's either going to be episode 346 or 348, I'm not sure yet. Thanks again for listening to the show. We will catch you next time. Bye-bye.